This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Dr. Kryn Weaver with me. Hey, Doc, how are you? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for being on the show. We met way back in February 2019, which doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but when I do the math, it was, at the New Media Summit. And um, one of the things uh, that definitely you know, caught my attention about you is the work that you do, and and specifically, you know, one of your your latest book, No More Meds, and I definitely want to dive into that. So uh, what, what prompted you to write this book, and, and how has it been received, and, and what are some of the awesome things that have happened since uh, the book came out? Well, you know, I was raised with the belief system that if I had a, any kind of pain or ailment, I would reach into the medicine cabinet, pull a pill, and take a pill, and all my problems would go away. And soon realizing after... Um, my health was really struggling at the age of 10. Um, and for many, many years I had asthma and allergies and was really depending on drugs. You know, we go to school and they teach you, Hey, say no to drugs. Um, and here I am with like an inhaler and I'm doing, um, breathing treatments morning and night and allergy shots twice a week with my allergist. And I was just like loaded up with drugs. And I really, I mean, it was helping my symptoms, but I really wasn't achieving full wellness. And so when I met, um, my my uncle actually he is really into natural healing and that's what kind of got me into this he would literally come from the amazon rainforest not amazon.com but literally from the rainforest and he would bring me natural herbs and he would help me with my breathing and so that was kind of the first thing an idea of like what maybe herbs could help and so as i was on this journey um he got in a really bad car accident and fractured his spine and i started working on his spine and he said wow you should look into chiropractic um, because he was feeling better after me working with him. And I didn't re realize that chiropractic is really on the philosophy that our body can heal. And so it was just really interesting concept that our body could heal without the need of medication. And so I jumped in chiropractic school, learning, learning everything I could, got off my medication with um, upper cervical chiropractic, changed my life, and was able to breathe without medication. And so you know, going, I've been in practice for 15 years and really what motivated, motivated my book was, um, I had, uh, my best friend that I went to uh, a camp with when I was young, she was reaching out to me cause she knew my kids have never been on medication and they're healthy and we live a healthier life. And her child was really struggling with some health issues and she was reaching out to me and, and then he was later diagnosed with autism. And she's like texting me every day, you know, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? And I said, oh my goodness, I need to write a book for you. Um, and literally that's kind of how it came about as I was really thinking about helping my friend and now I've helped thousands of people um, on their journey and basically parents become super parents to help raise their children to be healthy. Um, usually it's when someone gets sick or someone has some type of disease, that's when they're like, hmm, maybe I should do something differently. Um, but I've always been like trying to encourage people to be proactive now um, before you have to, you know, get the nasty diagnosis. It's crucial. And, you know, with my own, you know, personal health journey, you know, I had a heart attack at age 40, which is a little young from what people tell me. And 
um, and based on the attention that I got in the cardiac ward at the hospital and looking around at the other patients, I realized I don't belong here. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't be here. Okay, what do I need to do to you know, change this? And of course, you know, the first thing that they did was, you know, give me a nice take-home package of six different medications for me to take. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm looking at this going, okay, I'm 40 years old and I need a pill dispenser. Mm-hmm. And I went, no, <laughs> I'm right, not, right. This, this is not acceptable. I am not going to do this. So I need to figure out what I need to do to you know, correct this. And of course, nutrition and movement and exercise was a big, big part of it. Um, and so, and losing weight and, you know, so I made those changes and I, you know, from what I understand, um, you know, basically, and, you know, less than 10% of the population actually makes changes after a significant health event. And so I'm an oddball apparently in more ways than one, but at the end of the day, I made those changes and now I'm not on any of those medications and awesome. my, you know, my cholesterol is good. My energy levels are good. My weight is as much better than what it was. Um, I sleep well, you know, I like you, you know, I have, you know, seasonal allergies and, um, you know, had asthma growing up and all of those types of things. So similar journey when it comes to that. And, yeah, the thing of it is, it's like at first you think, well, it's environmental, and you're like, well, <laughs> yes, yes, and there's also fixes on it. And you know, I've had a conversation, you know, several conversations with people where I say, you know, the, you know, I love how you use the the Amazon analogy, the original Amazon, you know, not the one that, right, right. not not the one that leaves us cardboard boxes on our front porch, um, <laughs> yeah, but the original Amazon you know, in, in our oceans and things like that, I, I have often felt, you know, hold the key to sustainability of our human race. And I, I think that everything that we need to quote unquote cure anything that we've created as far as diseases are concerned, are it's already here. Yes, I know a lot of people go, well, you got to go in the science lab and this and here's the medications and cures and things like that. It's like, uh, you know, it's already there. We just got to look for it and we got to figure out what does what for whatever condition or ailment we're dealing with. And, 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 you know, factoring that in with chiropractic care, you know, our, our bodies, you know, get out of alignment and, and I'm sure, you know, in your role, you see a lot of people with very sore, thumb joints and their necks are kind of crouched down <laughs> because they're looking at their eye binkies all the time. And you're like, wow, yeah, you're in pain. Imagine that. And it, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the work that you're doing and, and, and this book is, is amazing because again, with, you know, the, th- the stuff that I talk about and the people that I work with, the stress and burnout, it's like, okay, well that's, yeah, you can point your finger at work. And I've seen, articles every day, you know, workplace stress and burnout and all that stuff. Oh, it's the work's fault. Like, eh, Mm -hmm. that's a band-aid approach. Yeah. So, you know, okay. Yeah. Take your breaks and all that stuff. But that people think, well, everything's good or I'll switch a job. It's a better balance. And they switch that job. And after a while they go, wait a minute, that's the same stuff going on here. 
Yeah, no kidding. It's going to be. Um, there's a common denominator in all of this, and it's the person you see in the mirror, and you need to address things. So when you find someone that you know has you know gone through life hitting the medicine cabinet for that headache that they've had for two minutes, and <laughs> and it's amazing how quickly people, they, they go to that, and like, why don't you just wait? You know, it's okay. I understand if you, if you're prone to migraines or something, then you know, again, there's other ways to deal with those as well, but don't, don't just, you know, Oh, I got, I got a headache. I'm gonna take a Tylenol or Motrin or well, whatever. I mean, we've been, we've been brainwashed, you know, to think that that is our solution to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I, you know, I, and, go ahead. And, you know, I was going to say, praise God that you got a second chance. A lot of people get heart attacks and they don't get a second chance. So I'm sure you, you know, going through that experience, you're like, oh my goodness, I got to, you know, got to find out why I'm still here. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, because my, my heart attack was in the left interior descending artery, which is the widow maker. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm even more of a, you know, a statistic when it comes to, you know, surviving something like that. So yeah, I, I definitely realized, okay, I'm still here and I have a purpose. I didn't know exactly what that was at that particular moment a decade ago, but I realized, okay, we're going to have to change pretty much everything. We're going to have to reinvent myself. And kids, 40 years old, it's not hard, or excuse me, it's not easy uh, to reinvent right. because there are so many beliefs, conditions, behaviors, habits, just the way you go about life and, and, and basically going, okay, we're going to throw this model completely out and we're going to rebuild. Um, of course, you can't really rebuild when you're still existing. You, know, you have to kind of keep the, the body around in order to do it. But it wasn't an easy exercise, but it, believe me, it was, it was so worthwhile. And um, I, I love my life now and you know the things that I get to do and the experiences that I get to experience because I did have that second chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, with you having asthma and me having asthma, the first book that I wrote was learning how to breathe <laughs> because I actually had to train myself how to breathe without medication. And so I believe that's a really big key component is our people breathing and getting enough oxygen to their brain and to their cells and even taking the time, you know, something we take for granted. You know, if you've never had asthma, something you just take for granted. But when you have asthma, like you, Michael, I mean, it's scary to, you know, not being able to breathe. And so you're really just taking that time every day. And that's something I do daily, morning and night. And sometimes throughout the day is take some good deep breaths um, to come. And what I, what I find that it, when I do that, it helps me stay calm and it really helps with my stress levels. So that's a, you know, that's the take on for your listeners today is, you know, if you're not doing it, just take some time to take some deep breaths throughout the day to calm your nervous system down. Yeah, it's it's something that I definitely do myself, and it it it's made my lungs stronger, and mm -hmm. I you know I don't have asthma attacks even you know, when I was younger too. It, there were certain times where if, you know I, I had to avoid you know the perfume section at the department store because it would you know restrict my my breathing and you know, my chest would feel tight and I'd have difficulty breathing. Well, now I can walk through that section and, and I have no issues with it. Now, most of the aromas I don't care for, but there are some, okay, <laughs> that's not too bad, but I'm not going, I, 
I'm having difficulty breathing, I'm going, wow, I wish I couldn't breathe because I really don't want to smell that. And, and it's like, I don't know what that is, but hopefully no one will <laughs> around me will ever buy that uh, particular perfume or a cologne because no, it's just, it's not good. Um, so when, when someone comes to you and like I said, they're on, on you know, a lot of medications and things like that, and they realize that that's not what they want anymore. What, you know, what are some of the first things you do with them to, to ease them off of those uh, drugs and other things and, and get them to, um, you know, stop taking meds and, and be healthier than they were before? Uh, yeah, the biggest thing, and what's hard for functional medicine, I do functional medicine, we're always looking for the cause of the problem. You know, so when we're looking at blood work um, and we're trying to figure out, okay, if someone's a diabetic, it's, you know, usually these people come to me and they're not eating any sugar. So they're like, why am I a diabetic? I'm not eating a lot of sugar because a lot of diabetics get blamed because you just eat donuts all day. Well, that's not really the case, you know. Um, and so we have to look down to, you know, how's the liver functioning? How's the kidneys doing? What's the pancreas up to? And then really kind of tone down to what the main cause is. And usually I find that there's something going on in the gut. Um, some people obviously um, may have like food sensitivities or they may have like parasites or bad bacteria or, or virus that kind of got into the system to kind of create like diseases. Um, and so we, we're really trying to get hound on that and, and really work on, you know, if it is a bad bacteria or if it's overgrowth of yeast or whatever it is and kind of do a clean out, a detox and, and just really helping the body to heal because the body wants to heal. It's just when the liver's all congested and the gallbladder's blocked and, you know, all these other issues are coming up, it just can't properly heal. So it's about doing a clean out, doing a cleanse. And yes, the environment can play a big role. You know, in fact, I was just uh, talking to a patient and his diabetes actually started getting worse lately. And I said, well, what have you done different in the last year? And he said, well, I live on a farm and they started spraying this type of chemical and he feels like it's being affected. And I said, actually, it probably is. And I started doing some research on that tip on that chemical itself and it can create a lot of kidney problems. And I'm like, well, man, you know, I don't know if you need to move or what, but, um, you know, maybe it's getting into the soil and the water. So we talked about a water filtration system to help remove some of those chemicals um, to help him get good filtration water, because that could be what's causing, you know, his kidneys to malfunction. And the key thing there is you're looking for the root cause. And that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, again, my, you know, dozen years or so or so of primary care uh, and working in that environment is the system is designed not to get necessarily to the root is to address the ailment right now in less than 10 minutes and even if you've gone to your same position for decades if you add up all the time that you've actually spent with this individual they really haven't had enough time to really understand all the nuances of your life, the external factors where you leave, you know, the water example you just said, you know, most physicians, I don't think, you know, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but most physicians aren't geared or directed to look for that. They wouldn't think about that. They would go, okay, what, what medication can I prescribe that can help with this? And right, and then here's di dialysis, basically. Like, if you know, if your kidneys are failing, let's just put you on dialysis. But it's like, well, why did the kidneys start failing? You know, they obviously failed for a reason to start with. 
you know, and so, you know, I think the biggest component is, like you said, is time. Um, you know, the doctors, they go into obviously med school, they want to be the best doctors they can be. They want to help clients. They want to help patients get better, but um, they have a limited time. And so when a patient comes in with multiple symptoms, um, like I said, they're kind of prone to look at a medication to help those symptoms, but they know a lot of them is just covering up the symptoms and not really treating the main cause, which is very frustrating, you know? And, and so people, by the time they come see me, of course, I'm not the first doctor they come see. They've already been to five or six or seven or eight or nine doctors, and they're already taking a whole list of medication. And, and then some of them don't even know why they're taking the medication. I'm like, well, why are you taking this one? They're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, man, at least you should know why you're taking this medication. You know? <laughs> um, and so we kind of go through the list and then be like, okay, well, how long have you been on this? And when did you get on it? Because some of those medications were designed, like, well, for instance, acid reflux. You know, it's a medication that's prescribed really easy all the time. But if you actually read the bottle, it, um, the bottle says, you know, don't take longer than two weeks. Well, how many, how many patients take acid reflux medication longer than two weeks? I would say thousands upon thousands of them do. Um, but acid reflux can be, I wouldn't say easily cured, but it can be cured um, with, you know, the right nutrition and finding out, again, what's the cause of the acid reflux instead of continually to take a medication that could cause, you know, malabsorption issues um, with nutrients later down the road. Yeah. Oh, I, I know people will take, you know, those you know, anti-acids and anti you know, acid reflux stuff. And yeah, they don't, they don't do the, you know, take after two weeks because oftentimes the prescription is for 30 days. Well, last time I did the math, that's not two weeks. That's more like four or five, <laughs> um, depending on how you add up the numbers. And again, it, it's a band-aid approach. And instead of, okay, what's, causing this you know what are you eating you know what are you drinking and there's things that you know each of us you know the foods for example there are certain foods that i know um, will give me some you know acid reflux or heartburn or something that i know what those mm -hmm. foods are and i don't eat them yeah it's just <laughs> usually I, that's the cure right <laughs> yeah here, here, I, as much as i miss the flavor the the burning sensation, um, not right. so much. So I go and say, okay, well, there's other things that I enjoy to eat that are good for me, and I don't have you know any side effects from them that I'm aware of. So let's maybe eat those instead. And doesn't mean that you're not going to slip up and you're going to go to a ball game or something and eat something and you know momentary lapse of reason and you eat it and you go, oh boy, this is going to mm -hmm. be a lot of fun and. You, know, you, you drink some water, you, you do the best that you can deal with it, but, you know, understand that, you know, there's going to be some things that uh, won't agree with you, but I know there's a lot of people that say, no, I, I, I have to eat that. Oh, okay. So you, you, you want, you're choosing to have that, you know, discomfort. Well, I can just take this medication. Okay. What's that going to do long-term? Have you thought about that? And a lot of people don't think long-term when you're, when you're laying in a cardiac ward, at 40 going, Hmm, you start thinking long-term and go, all right, I'm, I want to be around for a long time if at all possible. So what do I need to do to help that happen? And that's, again, we, it's funny cause I actually you know, just recorded a, a short 
podcast just before we got on and about how we delegate our self-care. Um, and we delegate it by going to doctors and getting medications to quickly, quote unquote, fix ailments that we do, or we use you know, alcohol or other types of drugs to mask the pain or mask different things that are going on in our lives. So we're delegating our self-care to external things. And I think that's uh, one of those things that I think if more people really truly focused on, on the definition of self-care and that's care for self, uh, I, I think it would alleviate a lot of the, the health issues that we see today. Yeah, I mean, exactly true. I mean, it'd be nice if a medical doctor would say prescribe a, actually a nutrition diet, you know, or more fruits and veggies or something like that. But I think it's coming around, you know, being in practice for 15 years. At first, I would, uh, people would look at me like I'm crazy. And now they're like, wow, they're coming back to me thinking she kind of knew what she was talking about, you know, and, and growing up with my uncle, you know, being introduced to um, natural healing foods. And, and this was like early nineties, late eighties when their natural health foods wouldn't really existed. And, but he, he knew from the very beginning, he would take, I don't know, you know, that white bread, the bunny bread and he would come to my house and squish it in a, in a ball. And he's like, don't eat this. And later I found out I was allergic to gluten. And uh, one of my worst asthma attacks was eating. Um, I was at a Italian restaurant eating lasagna and a big bowl of ice cream. <laughs> so I had all that dairy, which is very inflammatory to your sinuses. And then I was eating that big old thing of gluten and tomato sauce and all that was great. Tastes great. But I had, uh, I was in the hospital for about 10 days after that. And so, but I never, no one ever really correlated that food could create, could create inflammation and create, you know, asthma allergies or acid reflux or headaches or migraines or digestive, you know, no one really thought the two, put the two together. And so now there's great food allergy tests that you can get done. Um, Cause when I went to the allergy test before it was all like skin stuff, like skin and yeah, I was allergic to grass and trees and all that stuff. But now they're getting more into knowing what foods um, and how foods can relate to your health. So doing a food allergy test and knowing what foods was creating inflammation was like a lifesaver for me. Yeah, I had that exercise um, a few years ago and, you know, the, the person was, you know, testing me and I, and I said, is there a way for you to test for a potato allergy? And they looked at me like I had three heads, but of course they were testing, they were testing and they said, yeah, and I'm like a potato allergy? I said, yeah, I'm allergic to potatoes. Why do you think you're allergic to potatoes? I said, well, when I eat potatoes prepared in, in different ways, sometimes I get some you know, sinus congestion. And I, I, I noticed it just in paying attention to you know, my life and what was going on. I was like, that's weird. Why am I stuffed up? Because you know, I'm looking around saying, okay, is there you know, a cat around or something, or is, was there, am I, you know, how's the ventilation in this restaurant? What, what's going on? And so they tested and they said, well, what do you know? I said, you, you can, you, you can, you, you should be a doctor. You were, yes, you were allergic <laughs> to potatoes. I'm like, okay. And, You're um, a smart guy. You know, I, well, every once in a while, like, <laughs> like the, like the saying goes, you know, a clock with no batteries right twice a day. So um, in that right. situation, I was, I was, I was spot on because, Again, this was after, you know, my cardiac event and, you know, my, you know, the physician that I had at the time had told me, he said, if you pay attention, you will be more aware of your body than you ever were before. So 
Mm-hmm. Pay, pay attention. Um, please don't become a hypochondriac, but pay attention to, you know, what you're feeling and experiencing and, you know, and keep track of it. So if you're feeling an ailment over, you know, an extended period of time, then yeah, definitely you know, get it checked out. If it's momentary, then it's momentary. And if it doesn't happen again, or it, it's, if it's very infrequent and rare, then yeah, you can, you can get it checked out, but just, you know, get, get in tune on that. And that was one of the things just as I was adjusting, you know, my diet and, and everything else, that was the one thing like, interesting, why am I stuffed up? And I'm sure I was that way, you know, throughout my life and just blamed it on seasonal allergies or asthma or whatever else and, and not, you know, do anything about it where it's like, okay, well now I know. Well, yeah. And potatoes you could eat every day, you know, not oh, something sure. to eat, you know, oh, you know yeah. as a easy to pack potato chips every day, you know, exactly. so it's really cool that you notice that. Um, and I mean, that's what I tell my patients. I mean, you're going to, to my patients, you're going to be the best because you have to tell me, I mean, you know what's going on in your body the best. I can't figure everything out. And so when they start telling their story and we start getting into deep things and I usually spend a good amount of time with my patients, um, then they're like, wow, I never thought about that. And I'm like, oh, that could correlate to this. And so we kind of almost do a, a diagram of their life of how everything kind of correlates together um, because it all works together. And it's not just one out tonight I'm doing a class about CBD because people have been asking me about that. But I'm like, you know, CBD's great, but I'm just going to tell you, it's not everything. Everybody's always looking for the magical cure on everything. And, you know, it can be great in some uses. And so I'm going to talk about that tonight, but you know, a lot of people just want that magical pill and it's just not out there. And it's just a combination of, you know, lifestyle, stress management, sleeping, nutrition, you know, the right nutrition, um, maybe some supplements that you need to support that. But, you know, a lot of people think that if they just take one thing, they're all good. <laughs> yeah. And everyone is, again, like I mentioned before, you know, they're, they're trying to delegate their self-care to a medication or CBD oil. And I, I'm seeing it up here too, especially in, in Canada where um, you know, marijuana was legalized last fall. Uh, and, right. you know, so there's a lot of inquiry on, on CBD oil and uh, for, you know, health treatments and all of that. But again, it just like anything, you know, there, there's something that is good for something, but there isn't a one size fits all thing because mm-hmm. if that did exist, then we'd all just take it and that's what it would be. But, but, but there is, there, there is something it's called get plenty of rest, eat well, move, um, get some, you know, natural vitamin D if at all possible, um, mm-hmm. gets, you know, breathe in fresh air, um, enjoy life, you know, minimize your screen time, you know, spend time with loved ones. Uh, now if you can bottle that all up in a, a kind of a pill, <laughs> then great there but instead it's it's little things it's right um and it just there's it's just like your plate you know you've got you know different types of foods on your plate it's the same thing there's different kind of things of in your plate of life that you add you know here's some exercise here's some nutrition here's some rest here's some spending time here's laughter all of these things and just make it a part of your routine where it becomes a habit where you don't have to think about it. Like for hopefully for most of us, we brush our teeth every day and 
it's a habit. It's not something that I have to go to a to-do list and go, okay, what do I have to do next? Okay. Brush teeth. Check. No, I, I just <laughs> do it because parents hammered that home many, many, many decades ago. And it's just, uh, there it is. Kind of stuck in there. Yeah. So now, it, what am it's, I Go ahead. I was going to say one of my um, one of my prescriptions today was with a patient was to walk 30 minutes a day. <laughs> and she laughed at me and I said, no, I'm serious. <laughs> so I wrote it on a little paper. I said, walk 30 minutes a day. That's your prescription. <laughs> but that's it so may, true. It makes a huge difference. And you know, where my office is, because I work in downtown Toronto and I take the transit system and my stop is probably a good I'd say 10 to 15 minute walk to the office. So right there, automatically I'm getting 30 minutes on top of that. I do go out for lunch. Now, either a, I'll have my lunch at the office already and I will take a break and eat that, but I will still go outside and walk around either a, to get some natural vitamin D or if it's raining, I have an umbrella and a rain jacket, but I still go out there to move get movement mm -hmm. and a, a break from a screen and a break from office air and all of these other things. Just, you know, it, it's, it's moving things around and, and doing different things and, and, and throughout your day, because otherwise, you know, like if you're sitting down too long and you know this from uh, being, you know, a chiropractor, you know, sitting is not good for us. <laughs> and exactly. Yep. In long stretches, and it does some funny things to our spine and alignment, and and we have pains. It's like, well, why do I have a pain there? I'm, you know, I'm not sitting down on my butt, but I'm having pain in my shoulder. It's like, well, what are you doing? You know, how how is there been an ergonomic assessment at your work? And then they go, ergo what? And you're like, okay, no, there hasn't <laughs> been. All right, so my hunch is you're working on an improper desk, and your your arms are not at you know the proper position and you're not adjusting throughout the day. So yeah, you're going to have discomfort in, in your neck or in your shoulder or uh, lower back or things like that. So here's a prescription, walk 30 minutes a day. Just <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And you know, we laughed about it and she's like, you know, you're serious. And I'm like, yeah. I said, if you do that, you won't have to see me as often. Cause literally she's been sitting, you know, most of the time. And I said, if you just get some movement, you could tell her spine was just so stiff. And uh, I was like, literally just a little bit of movement, you know, would help this. And so we talked about it and she laughed and then, and I'm hoping that's what she does. And when I see her, maybe we get some more flexibility in that spine. But, you know, like you said, a lot of people just sit throughout most of the day. They don't even realize that they're creating a problem, you know, until they come see me. And then I'm like, you sit for 10 hours a day. That's a problem. So we got to get you up get you up and moving, especially for the lymph system. You know, the whole lymph system gets so clogged um, and you're not able to remove toxins as well. So, you know, even dry brushing, I don't know if you've heard about dry brushing, Michael, but, you know, taking a skin brush before you shower just to get some toxins out for those people that do sit and they can't exercise every day, but at least maybe they can do some dry brushing before they shower and maybe at least try to get out 20. If you can't do 30, do 20. If you can't do 20, do 10, do something. Yeah, just anything to start. And as you do that, you will start feeling better. And when you start feeling better, you go, you know what? I'm going to spend an extra five minutes. Why not? And it, then you, your body goes, hey, I like this. And your body 
rewards you and, and how you feel and you know, your digestive system, everything involved. Uh, it, it makes such a huge difference. So I've enjoyed our conversation today as always, and it's always good to connect with you again. Where can people find out more about you and the awesome work you're doing? Um, they can go to my website called drcorinneweaver.com, but I also have a, a free wellness ebook that they can download. It's on nomoremedsmovement.com. Awesome. And I'll have that information in the show notes. So great, great talking with you again. Um, thank you all for right. all the stuff that you're doing. Um, it's making an impact on, on people's lives and they'll live healthier and longer and more fulfilling lives um, as long as they listen to you. So, so listen to the, <laughs> listen to the doctor, this one anyway. So awesome. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.